live from a post-Thanksgiving shame shack. It's the ESG oh. Industries only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst whole Matt Mascardi. Yeah. Wait, is this the only weekly woke data podcast or is it the only one featuring me? Well, there was a in my copy editing there's a there's a comma after only week weekly woke data podcast, so technically it's the oh, former. Not the only one featuring me then. Ah. Oh. In today's I'm ESG below one. called November 29th, 2023, the business world loses its most famous sidekick in a stupid game. Yay! Well, well, um, not losing not losing the famous sidekick. That's no clapping matter. Um, are we do we want to just let's just do this thing. Yeah. You seem like you want to get it over. I have with no today. energy today. Well, what's that? The I mean, this is all the business news headlines are disappointing me. Ever since the open AI debacle, th- there's, yeah. there's nothing else. No one's reporting on anything else. It's just like nothing's happening. It's just like <laughs> there's just they, they're talking about Cyber Monday sales, and that's about it. I'm going to prove you wrong with all my headlines. So let's do yours first. Charlie Munger, vice chair at Berkshire Hathaway, is dead at the age of 99. All right, let's just get some of the Mungerisms over with. Uh, The the one thing he wanted to do before he died, you know what that was? He told this at CNBC, the one thing he wanted to do before he died. Uh, It's going to be something weird, like eat deep dish pizza. Oh, you're actually pretty close. Um, Really? You have the... (laughs) The right category, and and there's a rhyme there, but this this sums up the this, the, the the foolish folksiness of this duo, right? Uh, the one thing he wanted to do before he died, and again he told us to CNBC of all places, was to catch a 200 pound tuna fish. Whoa! It's a strange thing to say. It's just that odd. is a really weird thing to want, and also pretty stupid. <laughs> no mean- offense. I mean, like it is. You want the you're the the thing that you didn't get to do as a multi billionaire was <laughs> yeah. catch a tuna fish. Uh, he said it one of his worst mistakes. Uh, his worst mistake was his investment in Alibaba. Does that include personal mistakes? I feel like that might be a short, like a shortening. It's just a professional mistake, right? This quote sums up Charlie Munger uh, pretty well. He says, I got charmed by the idea of their position in the Chinese internet. I didn't stop to realize they're still a goddamn retailer. Wow. It's going it's going to be a competitive business, the internet. It's not going to be a cakewalk for everybody. So he, this is the kind of way he talked and thought. Yeah. I mean, the internet. Cantankerous, you know... D- do you think folksy the, investment man? Do you think someone had to explain the internet before he made that investment? Here's some other good Charlie Munger quotes. He said, "I've done almost uh, and and you know what? What I love about these two Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger is that w- w- we get a window into them that we don't get for any other CEO. I don't that know. That is true. I yeah. want again. Oh Matt God. knows this. I want to hear all these stupid thoughts from all the CEOs. I just want to know. We we're try, We want to put the people back on the market. We want to focus yeah. on these people that actually run your companies and make these decisions that you're investing in, that you're buying in, that you're shopping at, whatever. 
But anyway, here's a great Charlie Munger quote. I've done almost no exercise on purpose in my life. <laughs> if, I enjoy, if I enjoyed an activity like tennis, I would exercise. But for the first 99 years, I've gotten by without doing any exercise at all. You know, you, you did pull a headline that yeah. said, which I thought, now we're just in like fetish mode. Charlie Munger ate peanut brittle and yes. didn't exercise his whole life. Is he a super ager because he lived to 99? Hey, this is what we've done with these, especially we've done this with Come Warren, but we on. fetishize these guys um, because they're rich and old. He said this uh, about the 2008 financial crisis. The bubble in America was caused by some combination of megalomania, insanity, and evil in investment banking and mortgage banking. So he's yeah, right. That so seems you know, right? It does seem right. I I appreciate Charlie for this. He's he, I, I very few other CEOs, vice chairs, whatever would ever have the guts to say something like this. I mean, it helps to have several billion dollars, and does. you can push around the market. Every all of those people called Buffett and Munger for help. Yeah. Right. So not to mention that, that Buffett that and Munger bought in at the crash and got even richer. Yes. Yes. As you do when you have several billion dollars to buy and, in. And finally, the story that Matt referred to that we we love here, the probably our, yes, our, our here favorite. It is one of my favorite Munger stories. I mean, uh, he's not a CEO, so this is not our favorite CEO story, but our favorite person in our database story that we've come across so far, Munger. Once, I, and I think we left out this part of the original story we told because w the original story we told is that he was planning, he, he actually made the blueprint for a windowless dorm at the University of California yep. in Santa Barbara, right? Yeah, a windowless dorm. It turns out that that stupid design has actually been scrapped. Uh, it was the students yeah. and faculty members hated it. That is not being built. But one thing we maybe glossed over is that he actually did donate $110 million to the, to the university that he went to, University of Michigan, to build a windowless dorm. <laughs> There's a windowless dorm at the University of Michigan paid for by Charlie Munger. His, I love these two quotes. Uh, he said, you never saw a happier bunch of students. That was followed up uh, by a quote from a former resident who told CNN in 2021 that she had a bad experience isolating in her windowless room during COVID-19, saying it was the low point of my experience here. Of course. Yeah, right? And of course, might be. can yeah, you imagine isolating in a windowless dorm created by a billionaire? Can you imagine like in the dead of winter at the University of Michigan, you already get no light. And now you have no windows. It is dreary up there. I've been what to Ann Arbor. And I've been there in idea. the winter. It is absolutely dreary up there. Look, I think this is the existential crisis is, um, I was thinking about this last night. Mm -hmm. This may be the passing of the torch of old capitalism, mm -hmm. which is like some version of, you know, mid a cheeseburger at a diner with a big cheese. thick shake. Yeah, like 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 I can build my company from the ground up, like that idea. Yeah, entirely transitioned now because this is the end of that torch getting passed. To now, like the caterpillars of the world are cute in comparison to 
oh, well, th- there's Meta and there's Google and yeah. Amazon and now OpenAI and Musk's empires. Like it, it has passed from the folksy old yep. megalomaniacs to the young, terrible megalomaniacs. Yes. And the proof in that is that that peanut brittle you were referring to in that headline, that's a company, uh, that's a peanut brittle from a company that Berkshire owns. Yes, that's just so right. You, they, just so we're clear. They literally they eat the own that they peanut brittle, that's and he what loves they it. Do. Yeah, yeah, they love it. <laughs> okay, yeah. moving on. Let's uh, a few more uh, open AI stories I wanted oh. to cover. According to this is interesting. Actually, there's two interesting things here in here about the open AI I'll board. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, because don't forget, uh, there is a supposed to be a new nine member board. We only know of three people on that board, and that's three three tech bros. Well, I guess it's two tech bros and a and a awful old man. I think they should have a tech bro cage match to determine the rest of the tech bros they put on the board. So, okay, so that's where we're at. Uh, according to Reuters, they are reporting that chat GPT owner OpenAI is not expected to offer Microsoft or any of its other investors, including Thrive Capital, which is run by uh, Jared Kushner's brother, uh, uh, seats on the new board. So they're, they're, oh. Reuters is claiming... That they're not going to get uh, seats on the board, which uh, surprises me. I mean, we don't know where this is going to play out, but this surprises me. I mean, me. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. my fake news alert in my head just went off. I, I do not think that it's going to be possible for them to avoid giving a board seat to someone connected. Like, if they gave a board seat to Reed Hoffman, would he be a Microsoft representative? Would he be Reed Hoffman Foundation um, who funded OpenAI at the beginning? Would he be like, w- he's like, there's going to be enough people who are sort of centrally mixed with everyone here that they could all agree is okay. So it, it looks to me on paper, and obviously they haven't made any choices or it's not been d- disclosed yet, but it looks on paper like, oh, you know, they're not going to give it to their investors. Eh, I'm pretty sure they will. The other story coming out of OpenAI is, uh, and I brought this one up because of you. I, I think you were talking about this woman on LinkedIn. Her name is Timnit Gebru. Uh, there's an article saying she she is the ex, uh, she was fired from Google in 2020 after writing a paper that pointed out biases in AI. Um, she, she, we covered a, that here in yeah, covered, 2020. Covered that here. She's saying that there's... Uh, more chance she'd go back to Google than join OpenAI's board. But I want to talk about this a little Whoa. bit. Whoa. Um, and again, the OpenAI board so far has, has, has drawn a lot of criticism because it, it has no lack of diversity. But to be fair, they've only announced three out of nine seats. So I, I don't, you know, I, yes, I agree. And they, of course, they fired two women who were on the board, but we don't know what the rest of the board was going to look like. But she she shared her thoughts about joining OpenAI's board uh, yesterday, and she says, it's repulsive to me. I honestly think there's more of a chance that I would go back to Google. I mean, they won't have me and I won't have them than me going to OpenAI. I just feel like the person on the board who would have a ter- horrible time because they will constantly be fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I- she's correct. I don't know about this though, but uh, where better to serve then, right? Why shy? This is what I don't understand. I hear these arguments a lot, right? But 
this is like divestment versus investment, right? Why not be part of it if she was asked? Like, isn't this the perfect place for her? But I know she, it'll be a struggle. Look, look I, 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 yeah, that's a given. But, but so the, what? But the outcome of this was very clearly they do not want the board to do their job. Okay, but They're we're speaking not in, asking for governance. But we're speaking in hypotheticals here, and I and it's, it's they probably won't invite her. But if invited no, again, would. wouldn't this be the perfect place for her to use her voice and to use her her? position of power and her, her research what did using when helen toner and uh, uh and i hear you tasha mccauley used their voice yeah. what did it get them they it got literally them fired are, maybe are, nice severance not just though. fired they, like shame um, public shame public shame shamed for, shame for, for a week and how so dare much you so that that how like dare you tech, do your job tech bros were accusing her openly of being all manner of things like th th these are people who did their job. Do you see our burden and now, Matt? Tim, we Timnit already did this, right? Like she already came out. And do you see was our burden fired. now? We're told we're being too aggressive, that trying to measure the performance of directors, suggesting that some directors should be voted out, some should be voted in, trying to create board vacancies. We're being told we're too aggressive doing that, and these directors at OpenAI, these two women are are being told that they're too aggressive. Doing their jobs, providing right, right. oversight of management. So, right. how do you win in this situation? How do you win? Well, no, all the messaging is all the same. No one Back wants off. governance. Yeah. Everybody wants you to stop telling them. Nobody wants the person who raises their hand in the room and says, "Oh, guys, this might fuck up humanity." Like nobody wants that person. Everybody wants you to shut well, up and get rich. That's I think what they want. I, I I appreciate the idea, Timnit, that that it would be repulsive to join, but I think still you should do it anyway. I we do lots of things that repulse us. I, do you know how many days I eat leftovers like that? I should have thrown away. Like I, it's no, repulsive. I think the Biden administration should hire Timnit to regulate AI in perpetuity. That and sounds very woke. Sounds very and woke. And then you've got a situation in which you have real leverage. Th those are the real levers. Mark Cuban is selling a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, I saw this, and it was like a surprise. Nobody expected this. No, to the of, to all of all people, the largest shareholders of Las Vegas Sands, the Adelson family. So, the, oh, the, the mega donors for the Republicans. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, which is odd because uh, of all uh, uh, of all his cronies, Mark Cuban seems like the most liberal. He's always the Democrat leaning guy in that room of uh, blowhardy sharks. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the. Las Vegas Sands. The, the Adelson family put out a filing at Las Vegas Sands saying they're going to sell uh, $2 billion worth of company stock. Okay? <laughs> and in that filing, it said that, that they would use the proceeds to buy a sports team, right? It's all in black and white. Uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, just how crazy this, these public markets are and why it is so goddamn important to know about the people in these public markets. Matt, this means that they're selling roughly 41 million shares for $2 billion to buy an NBA team, okay? Yeah, yeah. And they're still, after selling 41 million shares, they're still going to have 352 million <laughs> shares left. I mean, isn't it absurd? I mean, to me, this is just absurd. All of this is absolutely absurd. And, and this is why... 
we want to be maybe aggressive and knowing who who like is who is managing your capital, who is making decisions, right? This is Look, why. kudos kudos to you if you can sell two billion dollars worth of stock and, it and it's only nothing. ten. It's ten percent of your stake. Means nothing. <laughs> the company ten yeah. percent of your stake. Yeah, and to. Not only that, but you're, the company that you own is a pointless, uh, what is it, like gambling and hotels? Yeah, it's casinos. It gives nothing it's to casinos. society. It's a nothing casino to society. magnet, yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, the president of the UN Climate Summit, that's COP28, has uh, he planned for oil and gas deals behind the scenes. Ooh, nicely done. Uh, this is this is according to leaked documents obtained by media outlets this week. Um, he planned to use the talks to lobby dozens of countries and business leaders to increase exports of oil and gas. And here's why I'm covering this, because A, I wanted some way to talk about one of the cops. It's COP28. I mean, I... You know, I, it's hard to know what why, to talk why about. Why did you want that? It's hard to know how to <laughs> talk about But this is a good one. But the, the the real reason why I picked up on this story is that the man they're talking about is actually the CEO of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. He has an actual name. His name is Sultan Al-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. And Matt, he's in our database. Yeah, of He's in our he database is. twice because he is at Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. He's also at First Abu Dhabi Bank. At both places, he controls over 30% of influence. Um, I also wanted to point out that at First Abu Dhabi Bank, uh, this is a bank that features only one female director, and she has 0.2% of influence. That's actually surprising that there were any, though. I mean, okay, I'm just uh, I'm just I'm pointing just... out the reality of the, the way the world works. This is the guy who is the president of COP28. Can we can we just yeah starts tomorrow like, in Dubai? I, can we have a moratorium on all on cop, cop talk coverage? I, like I really, <laughs> you gotta like this one not, though. You gotta like this one. It's not great. I mean, the, the whole thing. Yeah. We're going to a petro state mm-hmm. with a basically a humanitarian an anti-humanitarian regime that we mm-hmm. know about and mm-hmm. we're somehow cool with because they have a lot of money to go talk about saving the earth. That's what we're I doing. I just like that someone in our database this is a CEO of a, <laughs> a oil very company. Hey, self-serving. It is. All right, uh, let's go to whatever I'm going to do. All right, we're going to play a really ridiculous and stupid game, and we're going to call it Who Wore It Best? Don't oversell it. Don't oversell it. Who Wore It Best? The rules are simple here. Uh, I read two headlines. Ooh, I'm already excited. And and you have to rate Who Wore It Best? Who Wore It Best? Here's why I'm excited, because there are headlines involved, and I spend a lot of time tagging these headlines, and because I'm involved. Yeah, it's you and headlines. It's your favorite. <laughs> All right, come things. on. I don't there know is, what we're doing here, but let's try one. All right, just so you know the rules. Yeah. There is no scale. There are no rules for Who what better best. is or yeah. best is. This game is stupid. You should treat it thusly. Here's okay. an example to get you warmed up, okay? Yeah. Who wore it better? Paying your horrible workers or paying to keep shareholders happy? Here are huh? the headlines. Yeah. GM says union labor deals will increase costs by $9.3 billion, And... 
GM initiates 10 billion buyback, boosts dividends, and reinstates 2023 oh. guidance after UAW. Can I tell you strike. something? Can Who I, wore it best? Can I tell you how much I hate this one? CEO Mary Berra. the game or? No, no, no. This just this <laughs> this duo of headlines. CEO Mary Berra has already announced the extra cost of the cars because labor won yep. this deal, right? She's mm -hmm. already blaming labor for, for an increased cost of your stupid car. I so think that put it, when, yeah. when, when Joe Buyer goes and buys a yes, car, they they're can like, blame just fucking labor got the, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's $575. Or, Mary Bear, you could stop this buyback and then you don't have to add an additional price to the, to the stupid car. <laughs> so who, I mean, I don't, this is a hard who wore, one. Uh, who wore it better? I got to say the buyback is the buyback got me. The buyback wore it yeah, better. Now yeah. you get the gist. Are you ready to play the rest yeah, of the I, game? Yeah, I don't understand, but I enjoyed the I don't first either, example. But yeah. <laughs> this is how it's going to go. Here we go. I even have some gentle music. Oh. Oh, to play okay. underneath yeah. this game. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Who wore it better? Anti-Semitism or being Peter Thiel's bro? I don't like either one of these. Here are the headlines. Elon Musk's ex may lose $75 million by year's end amid advertiser flight. And... Neuralink, Elon Musk's brain implant startup, quietly raises an additional $43 million. I, I mean, I, oh. Who Here's your best. stat sheet to help you, okay? Yeah. Twitter shareholders got $44 billion to, to, to bail themselves out and allow it to become X, the mm -hmm. anti-Semitic, you know, misogynist universe. Yeah, you don't have to remind me. Yeah. Universe. And Neuralink has raised $320 million so far, led by the Founders Fund and Peter Thiel. Who wore it better? Uh... Is this the same ex that the 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 mayor of Paris? She just quit it's it. Calling, yeah. She called it a global sewer. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, one of my one. favorite quotes out of France in a long time: calling X a global sewer. Okay. Everything that comes out of France. I'll just go like. with. Uh, I'll go with Elon Musk's X may lose seventy five million dollars. I just yeah, I just, that was the right answer. I there just want go. X there to fall go. apart. Yeah, go on, move on. There I don't want to talk about Elon Musk. <laughs> All right, that means we're on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you restarted the music. <laughs> <laughs> Who wore it better? Yeah. The accidental on purpose death of humanity, or Larry Summers? Here are oh. the headlines. Oh. OpenAI staff reportedly warned the board about an AI breakthrough that could threaten humanity Thank before you. Sam Altman was ousted. Thank you. And number two, the OpenAI drama has a clear winner, the capitalists. I'm going to go with the first one because it just supports everything that we've been shouting about, which is that yes. the board was merely doing its job. That's correct. Just so you think know. About it. I think about it. I'm going to repeat that headline you just said. So for all yeah, you people out it. there who are bent out of shape uh, that the board fired Sam Altman, no, I want you to just think about this headline. Open AI staff reportedly warned the board about an AI breakthrough that could threaten humanity. Yeah, and, and, and there, are two key, there are two key parts to that. It yeah. is they warned the board sure. who was the people who you just fired. Yeah. For, for they, Sam that's Altman's who they boss, yeah. Sam Altman's boss, and then threatened humanity. That's what they warned the board. 
I just want to be clear that you're That's getting crazy. that. That's, yeah. So so you're you're right about that. Just for the just for the record too, I saw this headline: Bedrock exec questions without evidence if a former AI OpenAI board member is a Chinese agent. Yeah, I tagged this one. I don't understand this. What what the hell is that? There is some executive, some tech broy startup, mm-hmm. um, uh, a giant. Uh, and when I say giant, I mean like one of those super jacked white boys, like yeah, you know, like, like me. Um, yeah, a little like you. Yeah, very yeah. very close. Went on CNBC, squawk box, squawk on the street, mm-hmm. and just threw out. I think she's a Chinese and, Asian. And they Helen let Toner. they that they let this happen. No evidence, no nothing. Just ch- that they must be a Chinese Asian for allow, having allowed this to happen. Did CNBC allowed this to happen? Did they at least tell him to shut the hell up? I did Where, not watch the clip because okay. uh, I just looked at the picture and was intimidated. It's just his silliness. Muscles. Just silliness. Um, also worth saying that Brett Taylor, who's on this board, orchestrated the forty-four billion dollar shareholder bailout of Twitter. Yeah. Because he and he had fourteen percent of the board influence at the time. Mm-hmm. He was one of the more influential people. All right, so. moving on. Now you're depressing All right, me moving again. Moving on. <laughs> Who wore it better? Yeah. A ten billion dollar Earth Fund grant, or a one million dollar annual docking fee? Okay, what does that mean? Here's the headlines: Renewable exec on quote relentless consumption driving the climate crisis. Quote: It seems as if people are behaving in a way we would never tell our children to behave. <laughs> yeah. Versus, Jeff Bezos's super yacht is so gigantic it needs to be docked next to oil tankers. Uh, this is a. I mean, this is chicken and the egg, right? Which came first? Because yeah, Bezos. Bezos only has that super yard because of relentless consumption. <laughs> That's so, I'm gonna, that so, so hard to choose. I'm going to go with relentless consumption because uh, because we've had a, a, probably about a decade to digest the fact that this relentless consumption is you know destroying ourselves, destroying our psyches, destroying our planet, and yet uh, everyone I know is is feeling the pain of inflated prices, inflated. Housing costs, and yet Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales just this week re- set records. The, the largest biggest, how, ever. How? Twelve over twelve I, I, billion dollars spent. I, I, I uh, yeah, uh, gobsmacked. That's how, I don't know what to tell how, you. That's how it works. That's well, my well, vote. It's my it's vote. worth saying that Jeff Bezos owns sixty nine percent of the influence over the Amazon board, and Jeff Bezos, who owns. Uh, what, 100% of the influence over the Earth Fund has allocated $1.6 billion of that $10 billion fund, mm-hmm. while his ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott, has given away $14 billion somehow. She's yeah, well, found ex-wife. a way to give ex-wife. out. Yeah, ex, ex-wife. Yeah, she left for All a good right. reason. All yeah. right. Who wore it better? Mental health or Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, boy. Here are the headlines. There is no smoking gun linking social media use to mental health harm, a study using data from over 2 million people found. Okay. Or Meta deliberately designed its platform to hook children by exploiting their psychological shortcomings, court documents show. Well, this one's obvious. It's the Meta deliberately designed its platforms to hook children. Ooh, they yeah. did wear it better this time, huh? Uh... What? Who? Do you know who the author of that study was? The first headline. Uh, the author of the study was uh, it was an Oxford study, I believe. Okay, it and, was and, and Zuck, smart uh, people. 
Did Zuck, uh, any funding going to Oxford from the Zucker, Zuckerberg <laughs> I, Institute? I have not looked that up, but if you followed and, the money, it, and, there might be. And to be fair here, I mean, finding a smoking gun uh, in general, especially in, in situations like this, is extremely difficult. I mean, right? I mean, to, to make direct links is extremely difficult. So, this, so the headline is completely misleading. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, they, they said there's no smoking gun. It just, right. That means there, there are links and correlations, and all they're doing is the academic thing where they pretend like, well, we can't say for sure. I know. Sure. I'm saying. It's misleading. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So yeah. It's, it says what it says. It's fine. Okay. But, okay. but it's, I should say that Mark Zuckerberg, I have two stats on this, that Mark Zuckerberg yep. has 72% of the info influence over meta yeah and mark zuckerberg has 72 percent of the influence well, over meta that's the only thing that you need to know yeah this is one of the companies i, I think our data does a great job of exposing the, the companies that are controlled by uh certain board members certain ceos where they don't own a majority of the voting power right but, but that's correct but meta is one of those companies that you don't actually technically need us because he everyone knows he controls the voting power he controls everything so yeah, like there's, there's end of story. Else. Yeah, yeah just it. suck. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna get to the point where you hate this music. Who wore it better? Uh, actually, the music's my favorite part of the game. The game I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Who wore it better? Having no women or making money off black people? Okay, it's both sound terrible. Yeah. Uh, headline number one: Gender diversity isn't happening quickly enough in private assets. <laughs> Just shocked, yeah. Or U.S. minority-owned businesses have 1.3 trillion growth potential. J.P. Morgan says. Hey, I'm gonna. I, I like the U.S. minority-owned businesses have 1.3 trillion growth potential, making money off oh, black people. Man. Because hey, oh, wow. I see this the same way as a stupid Walmart with like its stupid organic products. The reason why they started shelving them is because they were they were selling. People were buying organic products. So hell, if if this is how minority-owned businesses get a leg up. If this is how they start to, to, to get some capital and power because uh, uh, J.P. Morgan tells you there's a way you can make money off of it, fine. Let that be the way. Fine. Uh, I will say this, though. There are, there are a couple stats that are important here. Yep. Um, one of which is uh, that, the, that U.S. companies, J.P. Morgan among them, the diversity or the gender power gap at U.S. companies on average, and by gender power gap, I mean if you have 10 people on the board and every person, well, you know, you're one of 10, you're 10% of the board, right? But if you have 5% of the power somehow, you're, you might represent 10% of the board, 5% of the power, that's a power gap, negative yep. 5%. We create those statistics. We're the only ones that have this data. Only ones. So you want to talk about diversity. There's some math here that we're doing. The average gender power gap for companies in the U.S. is negative 10%, meaning on average, women may occupy 26, 27% of U.S. boards, but they actually have 17% of the power of those boards. Yeah, well, That's the, a rough average. The hope, I, I, I hope, the, the hope here is that the progress we've made with putting women on the board in the last 10 years will, will appreciate Right, their their influence will appreciate in value. They're so hopeful, right? Yeah. In the next few decades, right? Because these women will have their ten years will be longer. They'll they'll have they'll have gotten other executive positions by being on these boards, right? Like their power will grow by being on the boards. Let's hope. Yeah, you you can keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Um, the second uh, stat a second stat here is the diversity power gap, which is 
the same power gap, just people of color instead of women, is negative 6%, meaning... You know, for if there's 12 percent of the board on average is people are people of color, mm -hmm. they actually have six percent less power than the representation. So it's still worse to be a woman. What I like, it's still worse to be a woman than to be a person of color. But I, what I like about this is mm -hmm. when I look at J.P. Morgan, who uh -oh. says the incredible like 1.3 trillion in growth potential. JP yeah. Morgan says JP Morgan has a negative 14% diversity power gap. Oh. They actually don't have any power for either women or people of color. So good, good on them for recognizing the growth potential without giving them any power. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Who wore it better? Nepo baby or daddy? Okay. Here are your headlines. Antoine Arnaud steps down as CEO of Berluti, an LVMH shakeup. Okay. And this headline from 2022, LVMH's Bernard Arnault restructures holding for long-term family control. Oh. I love a good headline that says makes it sound like like he stepped down as CEO. But his family controls all the companies. Like, what? What is? What do we? It was say? too much work. I'm guessing. Too I much mean, effort. what? What is that? Uh, I'll just. Say, I'll say, Daddy says so. Is yes, that that was the only correct answer. Daddy says so. Um, the Arnauds own seventy percent of the board influence collectively, and I looked. Um, a woman named Marie Veronique a Bello, mm. Beloy Melkin. I can't say her last name very you well. You can't say any of those names very well. She owns 0.2% of the board influence. Okay. She only sits on the LVMH board. Yeah. And she's connected, according to our data, to no one else in the boardroom through direct connections. Mm hmm I think they should make her the CEO. Isn't she the perfect sort of puppet CEO? Just make yeah. her the CEO and then, of Berluti. And then appoint me to fill her board seat because that's got to be a good board to sit on, right? A what luxury a goods retailer, right? Imagine the the swag bag for every board meeting, right? It's, it'd be really fantastic. I'm Imagine the food. You. Imagine the food <laughs> at, at, at LVMH. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to end you with this one. Who wore it better? Academic hand-wringing or dual class shares. I feel exhausted already, okay. Sit tight for this quote. This is a quote from a Harvard Business Review article. In a new paper, we contribute to the ongoing debate by highlighting a range of factors that may erode the seemingly entrenched man managerial control of founder CEOs in both private and public companies. We use the term ousted in a broad sense, referring to scenarios where founder CEOs, despite having carefully fortified their control, choose to resign amid pressure. They name some uh, some examples. Travis Kalanick, Adam Newman are well-known examples, but also John Foley at Peloton, Matt Salzberg at Blue Apron. These cases illustrate that contrary to the perception of founder-CEO entrenchment as an insurmountable barrier, there is a complex interplay of financial, no, legal, and personal factors. Wrong. So, <laughs> There's the, wait, that's the first headline. Yes. That's the first. The second one is Mark Zuckerberg opposed banning plastic surgery filters despite their alleged harm to teen mental health because it would be paternalistic. Oh. Uh, that first long-winded academic quote is the winner. 
Damn, wow, really? That's the winner. There's no, there's no complex interplay of financial, legal, and personal factors. It's, it's that you have to suck or be... You have to suck <laughs> have so to... much or just be such a vile, horrible vampire to our earth to lose your job if you're a founder CEO, right? There it's, is not no, it's not complex. It's not it's, complex. It's, it's even less complex than that because there's one thing that every one of those, th- you don't have to be vile, actually. They don't care how vile That's you true. are. That's true. The VCs have to lose interest in you. You have to lose money. That's yeah. it. The money yeah. has to be like, oh, this is not okay anymore. Yeah. You're losing me money. And that's it. That's the whole thing. Right. Uh, I want to say this, stat, this on, on the stats on the last one, though. Yeah. Out of 2,400 publicly traded U.S. companies, mm-hmm. 646 of them, 26% are totalitarian, which that means- seems way too high. One in four companies have a founder-CEO-chair combo, dual-class shares, or family ownership. One in four, and they're saying, contrary to what we think about entrenched founders, one in four- on average, those boards are 20% connected to one another compared to 15% for the rest of U.S. companies. And they deliver the same exact TSR as the rest of those companies. So you get no extra, but you get control out of them. Yeah. I, Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg owns dual class shares. I put that into like the Malcolm Gladwell category of statistical manipulation because really just because you can find a couple of examples of a, of yeah, a founder like CEO. Six people and, and, are different. And you're right. You're right to point out that you're talking about 600 companies that have this kind of control and, and you find one epic failure in Adam Newman and that's enough to support that, <laughs> that, that, that it's, the system is fine, that that's there's, there's a counterbalance. You can fire Sam Altman because yeah, he's going to ruin no. the world. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Matt, Just stop our, complaining. Our show today is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics, the only ESG data platform to measure real board influence and diversity power gaps. Wow. Look at you coming in hot with that. That was Damien Walnuts. No, you're Hazelnuts. Hazelnut, thank you. Hazelnuts Rollis. I am your analyst, Old Man Muscardi. We are Free Float. Come back on Friday. We're going to wrap the week. We are still working on that new show. We were going to launch it this yeah, week. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting better. It's getting, it's getting better. Getting it's getting there. It's going to be called, we have a name for it now. What's the name? It's Proxy Countdown. A terrible name, but who cares? A, ter- a terrible <laughs> name, but you'll look for that coming soon. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.